0: Hey everyone, I'm so excited because I have Sammy Wariat on the line. Now, Sammy, we were supposed to record so long ago, and finally, 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 he has made it on the podcast. So I'm super excited to talk to him because we got a lot to talk about today. So, today's episode, we're going to be talking about how money affects various areas of your life, even ones that you might not even thought about. So hey, Sammy, how are you today?
1: Hey, Tiffany, Uh, great to finally be on and excited for this conversation because it's been a few months in the making.
0: Yes. Yes. Almost a year, Um, but it's my fault. Um, So anyway, um, let's go ahead and get started. So when we're thinking about personal finance and money, right? What are some ways that it affects the other areas of our lives, not just our money?
1: Yeah, I think the most uh, common or well-known one is the relationships. The number one cause of divorce in the U.S. and really across the world is just financial stress. But it goes a little bit further than that. I think that starts with like the built up resentment. For example, let's say you have to work a job that you don't really like, but you have to because you have to pay the bills. So you're upset 10 hours a day. And if you lived in Atlanta like I did, uh, the traffic makes it like maybe 12 hours a day, right? So (laughs) it's half of your day every day is doing something you don't want to do and can go maybe like you have kids or you even yourself you want to have some sorts of experiences you want to buy them something nice you want to go travel but you can't because you don't have the funds to do it and it feels like you're working your prime years of your life from that mid-20s to mid-60s and you don't really have anything to show for it at the end of the day and it just leads to a lot a lot of just stress and not necessarily happiness if you have more money, but it's just like the lack of stress when you are financially independent or when you are financially secure is why I think like it's probably the most important thing to get your money in order.
0: Yeah. And I completely agree with that because I have some clients that are couples and when they first come to me, it's like most of the time it's like, you know, they're button heads and even after like the first or second session, you can start seeing a change. So even though they don't have all their money in order, just having those conversations around money, being more open, communicating, because um, I feel like that's part of the reason why money is an issue in divorces communication. You know, nobody wants to talk about it or in like we've had on another episode where she was talking about financial infidelity and financial abuse and things like that. And that all stems from from like a communication so it's like in order to have holistic relationships you have to <laughs> include money like there's no way around it so I completely agree with you there now what other relationships might suffer as a result of money? Um, you hear
1: a lot about it for like athletes or celebrities or somebody who let's say makes a a well amount of money. Then on parental relationships, familiar relationships, even friends kind of look for handouts or stuff like that. And you're in a tough position because one, I assume you love those people and you really want to help them, but you can't just give money to somebody and expect it to just work. Right. And there has to be some sort of like effort involved in order to earn the money so that you can respect the level of dedication it takes to earn it, if that makes any sense. That's why, uh, you know, lottery winners tend to go broke. That's why athletes tend to go broke because they, they, they're they not used to having any sums of money and then they get a lot. They don't know how to manage it and then they lose it. And that affects everybody around them. It doesn't have to be necessarily your spouse or your, or your kids. But to go to your point about um, the financial like holistic infidelity and stuff like that, I think it's people – get a little fearful because they're just like, well I don't want a joint bank account I make my money she makes her money you know it doesn't have to be that way but a lot of people don't really even understand their spending habits and what makes them you know maybe overspend their budget or maybe they don't even budget at all or they're the opposite and they're really good at their budget but their significant other isn't so it's like you have to just set up boundaries communicates, I mean, it's the name of the game in any relationship, really. It's just you have to set boundaries and know what you want, and then you can help... other person as well.
0: Yes, yes, I completely agree there. And one of the things we brought up, like when we were talking before we hit record, was the effect it could have on kids. Um, and you know, as a parent, I didn't really think about this part too much. But yeah, if you can dive into that a little bit,
1: yeah, yeah. So like for example, I I absolutely love traveling, and I'm currently in month nine, I believe, of uh, full time traveling between countries. And you know, I do my podcast and and help people just online throughout the world. But growing up, the biggest travel I ever did was going to my uh, my grandma's house and my cousins, which is all in Arizona. So it was a domestic flight, and uh, you know we got to sleep at their place, so no hotel expenses. It was literally just the flight over, and that's all we really could afford. So I never got to leave the country. I never got to really go anywhere else uh, as a kid. Didn't really have any birthday parties or stuff like that. But we were able to, you know, get some scholarships and get through college, thankfully without much debt. But it wasn't like a, a, an experience fulfilled life, I would say. And that's not like my parents did as much as they could to, to get me through, which is awesome. But they also weren't good enough to understand how to make it better, even though they had a good income. So it's uh, it's just a matter of like as an adult now, I would not want that for my kids. I would want them to be able to have what they want, but not too much so that it spoils them. <laughs> but the same time, you know, you have to be able to have a childhood and then be, you know, not stressed with it.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, the parental balance, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you want to do more for your kids, but at the same time, you don't want to like give them a silver spoon because it's like, okay, are they going to appreciate this later on? And so <clears throat> as you were saying that I was kind of thinking about my life and it was kind of similar. So like my I travel as a kid was like coming to North Carolina to see my mom every year. And then um, going to Pennsylvania for the church convention. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Um, and then we pretty much stayed in New York most of the rest of the time. So um, with my kids, let me see, am I following the same footsteps? <laughs> I'm like, we go <laughs> to Florida every so often um, okay. to go visit family. And I'm like... They, I know my oldest son has been on a plane before, but my youngest son hasn't. And so, you know, my goal is to get them to be able to travel wherever I go, you know, because I love to travel as well. But, you know, when you're thinking about they're both over two, and so you have to pay, you know, Plane tickets for all three of us, it kind of gets expensive. But, you know, my goal after a while is to be able to take them to different countries. Like, I already have their passport and everything. I've had it for like a couple of years now. It's just now putting it in action.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah, I think and, about uh, it. COVID definitely didn't make it easier to do international travel. So you had a little bit of time there. But yeah, and I think it's, uh, you also don't want to like do it too early so they don't remember it because then it's like, well, you we have to go again. But uh, no, I think it's important to to have them get on a plane because that was the cool thing about at least going to Arizona. We didn't really drive because I know some people like they're afraid of planes because they never flew as a kid. And uh, that is, you know, makes travel a lot harder if you're, <laughs> you're a little scared of that. So hopefully they get on plane soon.
0: Yes. Yes. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit. So we talked about relationships. Um, What what are some other things that money affects? Um, Like, you know, if you mismanage it or if you have it in order?
1: Well, I think if you're able to kind of limit your, your impulses. That's the biggest thing when it comes to budgeting. I feel like people, there's two types. Some people are like, I will never be able to budget because I can't control myself or people get really motivated and inspired and then try to go like bare bones. It's almost as if like they don't want to spend anything. And that's also not really budgeting. It's, it's impossible to do. And so they eventually crack and they overspend. So, um, I think it's being able to manage your impulses. And if you're able to do that, at just small things. Like for example, some of the tips I say is only go shopping for groceries once a week. Like write everything down on a list and go once because the more times you enter a store, the way the stores are built, and you know, you have to go like the the eggs or the milk or everything is all the way in the back. So you have to cross everything. Everything is designed for you to spend more. So just limit your time in the store this is a very quick thing. Plus, it's more time efficient. Uh so that's like one tip. And then don't go shopping when you're hungry. These things are like really basic, but being able to control your impulses in in, in budgeting is one thing, and that helps you like hold hold yourself accountable for example in the gym or fitness level because now you're able to you're able to be like I have to do this so I'll do it it's I must do this, not like, oh, it'd be nice, or I should do this. But once you're able to say like I must, and you're able to really hold yourself accountable to that uh, through your budget, then you can do that in other areas. And, and fitness is a big one that a lot of people also struggle with, or just uh, just consistency. As some will say you want to try a new hobby, but you never really have the time for it. But there's always enough time if you really prioritize it. So prioritization becomes a big thing as well, because when you want to establish a sinking fund for the next travel destination or a new phone or a new whatever it may be, um, you're prioritizing that expense over something more short term. Um, And that prioritization aspect can then, you know, uh, be, be used for other aspects of your life.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I want to throw a tip out there as well when it comes to grocery shopping. One thing that I've been doing a lot of recently (laughs) is ordering my groceries and having them delivered. Now, that takes all the temptation out of it because I literally have to stick to my list. I'm not going around the store and I get what I order. And that's it, (laughs) like no more, no less. And so um, I feel like that has been super helpful when it comes to grocery shopping um you know some people you know it's like a 50/50 some people are like I'll never do that some people are like oh I live by it but I will tell you I'm a new convert i'm a (laughs) newcomer because it has been awesome i'm like i don't have to sit there and go through every aisle you know picking up what i need so on and so forth somebody else is doing it for me they and they haven't slipped up like all the produce has been good you know and all that stuff so i'm like you know i can get used to this but i also wanted to hit on um where you were talking about a sinking fund so what is a sinking Mm -hmm. fund
1: Sure. So singing funds really just like I guess a little bit of a fancy term of you're putting money aside for a specific purpose. Uh, normally it's a short term purchase that like short three to six months, maybe a year if it's a bigger one, but it's not like, it's not like a house. I mean, you could do it for like a down payment on a house, but normally it's like, it's a bigger expense, more than $300, $400, which is considered a, a big purchase psychologically. Uh, whenever you charge a credit card or pay cash on something that's couple of hundred dollars, then it's always like, Oh, is this something I really want to do? Um, so, so I was thinking fun, like the most common examples like a new phone, uh, a trip, um, those are the ones that, you know, most people would experience, I would imagine, but, uh, getting your tires fixed, it could come from like a bill that, you know, is coming up. So like a lot of people, if they need to do, um, like a tire, they need to change their tires. It's like six, $700. Um, some people just wait until the last minute and then they get hit with a $700 bill, charge it on a credit card because the average, uh, American has less than a thousand dollars in an emergency fund. And uh, they use pretty much the entirety on that. And then they're in debt and they have to work hard to to come back out of it. But in a sinking fund example, okay, you know, when you get your tire rotation every couple months, they say, hey, next time, you're probably gonna need a re- um, replacement. So you have like a three month window. In those three months, you save $200 each month. You've built that sinking fund of 600. It's normally in a cash account or it could just be like in your bank. It doesn't have to be like a separate total bank account. Some people need that. Like The envelope system helps them with their discipline, but it's essentially something that you're saving every month in in a little bit so that in aggregate, by the time you need to make the purchase, you already have the cash without going into debt.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure our audience knew what a sinking fund is, uh, because, you know, like you said, there's a lot of um, fluffy terms out here (laughs) um, for simple concepts. But, you know, on the podcast, I try to make sure that the knowledge gap is as small as possible. So with, um, oh, one more thing I wanted to hit on uh, that we talked about before we hit record, and that was how managing your money actually gives you freedom. And if you can go into a little bit, bit about how that showed up in your life and what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I think it's like, so if you have your money in order, right, the the levels of financial independence to me are, you know, you, you are out of debt. And then you have a comfortable, stable job. You already know you're going to hit every, uh, you know, you're not living paycheck to paycheck. And then you're able to maybe make that more passive or have your own business. And then you're financially independent, which is like the overall top goal. And you don't need to work because your passive income covers your bills and a little bit more. And then if you want to work, you can. You're like work optional, if you will. Um, But in terms of like that, how that gives you freedom, it's kind of clear, right? Like if you're If you're struggling and you're in debt and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you if you're maybe sick one day, you still have to go in because you can't afford getting fired or you can't afford not getting those hours if you work hourly, right? And um, even if you're not in debt but you're in that second stage and you're living paycheck to paycheck but you're not in debt, you really – maybe don't have the flexibility to work in a passion. You have to work in the job that you're currently at because it pays the bills and that lives the lifestyle that you're currently at. So you don't have the flexibility or the freedom to work in something that you really want to. Um, so then that, that's still better than, you know, always behind the eight ball, if you will, but it's still, you don't get to do what you want. So you don't have that freedom aspect. As you start working in your business, which hopefully isn't a passion, then, you know, you have that aspect of it, but, you know, maybe you're barely making ends meet, or, you know, you have the starving artist syndrome where you're doing your best, but you're not making as much, um, so there's that level, but then the the full full is financial independence, where you have passive income. You don't have to work for money, so you've unlocked the time aspect. You get to do whatever you want, whenever you want, um, with whoever you want, and you know money is no longer an aspect that you have to like concern about. When it's like, oh, do I want to go here? Sure. Do I want to spend this? Sure. It's not like oh, let me see if I can make these numbers work. Uh, so that's obviously the best level of freedom, but you know, it's where everyone has to aspire to those stages. I feel like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will just say for like, from my experience, it has helped me, um, be able to quit corporate America, like, because I knew how much I needed, um, to make, I was like, oh, you know, at that time it was $50, uh, day. And I'm like, okay, well, $50 a day, I can do that in so many different ways. And so what's the point of me sitting here (laughs) when I can like drive Uber and live for a few hours or whatever, and then have the rest of the day to work on my business. So, you know, I feel like managing your money and making sure, like even if you're not to the point of being debt-free, because I'm not, um, (laughs) even if you're not to that point yet, I feel like managing your money just gives you an extra gives you extra money it gives you a raise um, it gives you the freedom to start looking at things um, a little differently and I, and to me that's priceless right um, just being able to have that freedom and look at things differently I feel like it's priceless so anywho well thank you so much Sammy for coming on the show today uh, if people were interested in learning more about you or your podcast because you are a fellow podcaster uh, where could they find you <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, So podcast probably the easiest way, whatever you're listening to this podcast for, you can find mine as well. It's called the Successful Millennials Podcast. Um, We talk about discipline and finances and fitness. Um, Those two main areas are two passions of mine that I continuously try to work on. So I try to help people as well build those actionable tips. Um, And then Instagram as well is probably the other most common social media that I use. And it's just discipline is my freedom. Uh, So those two areas are probably the best way to connect.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And if you all did not catch that, I'll have that in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Um, But I'm like, I need to listen for the fitness part (laughs) because the struggle is real over here. (laughs) But thank you so much, Sammy, for coming on the show today. And I appreciate the gems that you dropped. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much, Tiffany. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Bye.